I am uh, pretty busy with sales stuff, which is a great it's a great feeling. It's nice to actually have things to do on the sales side. We basically meet twice a week now and go over all the sales to dos and um, yeah, like trying to get these first five big deals done, which is like five figure average contract value, like ten thousand dollars average contract value, is um is interesting. Like we got some feedback from one of our prospects yesterday saying that they didn't like our pricing being per calculator and they wanted it to be like unlimited calculators. And my initial reaction was that's our, our reaction before the call was like, that's bad. We don't want to do unlimited calculators for one price. Cause that's like, that's ridiculous. Then how would we charge more money? But then when they described like, um, and this was which we can bleep out later, but like when we described, uh, when they described, oh, we want to, we want to be able to experiment with it. Maybe we want to build a calculator and then get rid of it. Maybe we want to do a calculator just for like some seasonal thing and then get rid of it. Like it doesn't make sense to pay you like an annual subscription on and again and off again, like for every single calculator that we launch. Right. So I was like that. I mean, honestly, that makes sense. And like, if that's how you want to use us, I can totally get behind that. That's exciting. I mean, it sounds like a great platform. It's a platform then that you get to use to like build things and deploy things. And you're not even looking at it as like you're buying a calculator. You're looking at it as we want to license this platform in order to build who knows how many of these things. And that's the problem. Like we don't know how many we want. So we're going to end up pitching them a counter proposal, basically, or a proposal, not a counter proposal, a proposal that says, uh, unlimited calculators it's simply you're licensing the platform to create as many as you want and we'll charge an implementation fee to help you build those if you want us to for each but of them. other for each of them so if, if you want us to help you build one we'll charge you for that but we're not going to charge you to have them uh which means our price is not going to go up and down based on how many calculators you have so it's just going to be like it's 12,000, 15,000, whatever a year for the platform. And you can build as many calculators as you want with it. There's no limit on usage. And yeah, I, I like that because then we basically end up selling them that if we can, but then also selling them uh, like an analytics screen on here's the data that's coming in, the HubSpot integrations. Like we end up selling features like capabilities are how we price then as opposed to usage because it's so funny like usage just always wants to rear its head whether it's number of contacts number of runs number of calculators number of something it always wants to rear its head as like price by me because once you do this then you have like this built-in upsell thing like, that's great if it works like for figma or something per designer per user or something but we're just going to let people license the capability to build and launch these things. And experimentation is part of the value prop. So it doesn't make sense to like charge based on calculators. Cause what if you build one and it's, it's a dud then like, do you get a refund? Yeah, that's, that is always the problem with usage based pricing. Like the usage might not be as high as you want it to be mm -hmm. or that you expect. And then it's a bummer. 
Yeah. And in this case, it's even worse because we're saying like it's usage-based. It'd be like, okay, we'll sell you 10 seats. But then like, well, what if, what if actually you downsize your company and you only have eight seats? Or what if you're not really sure how many people want a copy of this? Like, do you just have to guess? It's just, uh, it's a really odd, it's really difficult. It adds a lot of confusion and difficulty to the to the sales process instead of just, here's the price to license the platform. We will sell you more things over time. Like we believe we're willing to bet on our product capabilities to build more things you're going to want to buy over time, such as analytics or APIs that do new things or more advanced features. But actually, it's really nice because if you only want to start with one calculator, then we're also not having to justify why one calculator is worth $12,000 a year. It's like, well, that's not, that's not what you're paying for. <laughs> it was yeah, your choice like, to only build one calculator, not ours. Yeah. Why is this hole worth like, you know, $200? No, right. it's not a hole. It's, it's because you bought a, you know, a machine that yeah. can create holes and you decided to only create one hole, but it's exactly. like your own fault. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like a tractor company or a, yeah, exactly. A steam shovel company. Like, Hey, we'll say the steam shovel, but we're going to charge you per hole. It's like, well, yeah, I guess I have to figure out how many holes I want to dig. But then we're actually like, well, we want you to dig as many as possible because then you'll love this tool and like, you'll recommend it to all your friends. But then they're like, well, but how much is it going to cost me to dig 12 holes? And we're like, oh, well, let's come up with a price. Like, it just doesn't. And then we want a 13th hole. They're going to pay a new price. It's just a disaster. Instead of just being like, this equipment, this is a $20,000 tractor or steam shovel. We hope you use it a lot. Yeah. Do you want to create your calculators the new way or the old way? If you want to create the new way, you got to buy this software. Right. Right. That's right. Exactly. And then... If you hire a developer to create calculators and they only make one calculator, that's also a high price per calculator. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You're going to end up paying $12,000 for them to create one. Yeah. And like with usage-based pricing, the price goes up the more you use it. With this type of pricing, the the price goes down with the usage, which kind of encourages... And then if you're selling other things that like get better, the more somebody uses it, it's not freemium, but it's a similar approach of like, we don't have to make all of our money off of this. Like just get them in the park. So it's funny. I actually went to Orlando this weekend uh, with one of the, with one of our daughters and she had a gymnastics competition there, but we went to Universal Studios afterwards and there's a pricing strategy of, well, actually what happened was we had like these vouchers for tickets that we didn't use previously. And I didn't have evidence that I had that voucher. And so they had to make a judgment call of whether or not they would like let me in the park, take my word for it and let me in the park, even though I couldn't produce this like number that they needed. I had like my original receipt and stuff, but they, I couldn't produce this one like case number. The smart thing to do is just let me in the park because then I'm going to go buy an express pass, buy drinks, buy food, tell my friends how I had a great time. 
Like, it makes sense to just let me in the park, right? Yeah. And so with pricing, sometimes, and I didn't think this is what we were, but, like, it makes sense to just say, like, here's the platform license fee. It's unlimited rides. Like, ride all the rides as much as you want. But now that you're in the park, we can sell you other things. So I can sell you an analytics package. I can sell you users on the IDE. I can sell you implementation fees if you want our help to build a calculator. There's just so many things I can charge you for once you're in the park that being greedy for the entrance fee doesn't make sense. Like I don't need it, you know? Um, yeah. It's a relief. That sounds like a, one of those learnings where uh, that you get from doing sales. Yeah, because from actually going through sales. Because that it's hard to get otherwise. <laughs> totally. Because until you put a number in front of somebody... They're not going to tell you like what they really think about it. And it's interesting because the friction that we got on this pushback, uh, the pushback that we got, I could have reacted and tried to convince them that they should pay per calculator still. But it was basically markets, like it was the market telling us, and this wasn't the only person that sort of had this little bit of anxiety. Every single time we do usage-based, we get pushback. It's basically the market telling us that that's the wrong model for this. Yeah. And kind of have to give the market what it wants. Once you decide this is the customer you want, you kind of have to sell. You have to figure out how to sell them. But like if they're just not willing to buy it by the slice or by the sip, you don't really have a ton of choice. But then you have to basically say, okay, what else can I sell you? I mean, yeah. There's really not a lot you can do at that point. You can insist on like, no, you're going to pay per thing. But then I think the valid feedback was like, I don't know how many I need. And you're right. It's like digging a hole. It's like, here's a hammer. You go to Home Depot, you buy a hammer. That's what we have here. It's like, how many nails are you going to hit with this? <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. Why are you yeah. asking? Yeah. I think if you're buying like SharePoint or something, and I don't know because I never have... <laughs> But I don't think they ask you like how many how many rows do you need or how many records do you need to put in this SharePoint database or something. Like right. I think they probably really want you to start using like invest in using SharePoint and then they'll right. kind of take it from there once you're in the ecosystem. Yeah. It, it's it, it Slack might be another one where it's like, Oh, how many messages do you plan to send? And you're like, Yeah. I've no idea. I was planning to send as many as I need to send. And then Slack's like, well, we charge per message or something. And you're like, well, Twilio charges per message, so we're going to charge per message. And it would be very justifiable because yeah, there's a cost and everything. But <laughs> but it would completely kill their sale. They would be like, yeah. What they did instead is they're like, go ahead and send as many messages as you want. That's going to create lock-in and buy-in. And then we're going to sell you search. We're going to sell you, I don't know whatever other features they have for lots of messages. Um, so that was an interesting, that's an interesting learning this week. It was a little discouraging. So I'll be a little bit more transparent since we're on this, this new format. Uh, so the end of January, I really want to close these two deals that are on the, in the, in the last couple yards. So we have 20, we have an average of $10,000 per deal currently out there in quotes. Both of them are making decisions this week, basically. And I just really, really wanted to send these invoices this week before the 1st of February. Um, wait, what is today? 
Yeah, today's the 24th. So like, yeah, I really want really want to send the, I guess we could send them out Monday or Tuesday of next week. That actually makes me feel a little bit better having this call. I just thought realized <laughs> that. But I really want to send these invoices out because I want to show a big MRR jump for us. That will be a significant MRR jump for us if we close both of these. Yeah. Um, we would essentially double our revenue in two deals. And that will look, you know, going to pitch some angel investors next month to extend our runway, like that will look amazing <laughs> compared to where we've been. Like doubling your revenue in one month after you've been like, you know, 5%, 10%, whatever. Then suddenly it's like we did 17% growth last month and then we do 100% this month. Yeah. That's like a really nice <laughs> – it looks like you figured something out, right? Like it's, yeah. it's, it's hard to argue that you haven't figured something out. It's like things are different and here's proof. And it's literally our revenue. Our trailing indicator says we figured something out. Yeah. I feel that's what I'm, that's what we got to do. That's what we have to do. It's it's like no more like, oh, well, that'd be nice. Like, no, we have to do this. So I'm very determined to close these deals um, in the next week. But I don't know if I'm going to. So <laughs> we'll find out next week. <laughs> we'll find out next week. <laughs> Uh, but I, I like this format because it's like you said, uh, if, you know, my goal is to close, uh, so I tell you my personal goal is to close $25,000 or so in new, in, you know, cash, like in deals, I mean, $80,000 a month in deals is my real goal. Like by the end of the year, I want to be closing $80,000 a month in deals. My goal this month was to close 25,000. If we were to close these we'd be at 21 it's close enough yeah. i mean that'd be amazing yeah. if we can close yeah, another 20 20 to 25 next month we wouldn't be doubling our revenue again but we'd be growing by 50 percent. it's still a good looking chart and i've been building up pipeline too so we've been adding my north star metric right now is adding a deal adding a new qualified lead to our CRM, which we're using close every day, at least on average once a day. That's tough, but like if we do that, then the $25,000 takes care of itself and we even have a chance of closing more than that. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful here. That would be 25 qualified leads a month is let's say a $10,000 lead is $250,000 a year in revenue in pipeline a month. So even if we close a third of that, that's $80,000 a month in annual revenue, in new annual revenue becomes possible, yeah. which means my crazy goal is to hit a million dollars in ARR this year. <laughs> and I shared that with you previously and I, I really appreciated your response, which was, uh, what was it? If anyone can do it, you can or something like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I, that's uh, very nice. I still yeah. believe that. I appreciate that. So that's what I'm looking at. And that's how it's going. Um, that's on the sales side. I guess really, uh, a quick update on the product side is um, Peter is doing our sales engineering work. And he just shared the URLs with me of a demo site that we have now. So, you know, uh, obviously, you know how you have um, your fake company for reform. What's it called? Mailbay. Mailbay, yeah. So, we have our own Mailbay. It's called Slope. 
and uh, it's kind of a play on Stripe and Stripe and Pipe uh, for like a fintech company. It's called Slope, and it's with Slope.com, and it's a demo site that I, now I can show to people, and it's like it's got a resources tab on the marketing site. It's got tools. It's got a calculator built in that's custom. It's got a. It's gonna have a blog post that's fake that has an embedded calculator. It's gonna have awesome. a lead gen form. It's gonna have HubSpot integration. So I can literally walk people through a demo site that shows if you have this platform, these are all the things you can do on your marketing site with it. Did you build it in think Webflow? It's, and it's all built in Webflow. That's so cool. I'm very excited because. Up until now, I've actually been doing all of our sales with no demo and no deck. So, so the, so the $20,000 in proposals that are currently outstanding are based on just pure trust building and doing work for people and like letting, getting them to say yes to the next meeting and then showing them something that we're doing just like on the, you know, on the fly and them going, Ooh, this is cool. What else can you do? Yeah. So going to a sales call with a demo site and a deck, that's what we're working on next. Oh my gosh. Uh, I'm very excited. And we just updated our pricing page and our H1 on our website to line up with this new value prop. So it says the platform for low code calculators instead of build low code calculators. Uh, and the pricing page is all talk to sales now. So, and why did you change the H1 to to that? Uh, because we're pitching our our ideal prospect is a VP of either growth or, or marketing. And growth and marketing VPs don't build things. They buy platforms so that someone else can build things. <laughs> and so, you know, selling them a selling them a Selling them the idea that you should come build something just doesn't make sense. They're like, I don't, I don't build things. I buy platforms so that my team can build things or maybe you can build things. But yeah, yeah. I don't build things. <laughs> I uh, don't want a Summit account. I want a calculator, you know? <laughs> that's right. It's like selling them. Exactly. So it's more like you should use selling. Imagine selling like a VP of um, design, Figma. You wouldn't sell a VP of design on Figma by saying like design, make mockups, you know, like it's just the wrong level. He's like, I want to know that Figma is the right platform for my designers to use to design our products. And I might have an account or I might not, but I really have no interest in designing things. I, I'm not going to be designing really anything. I'm here to manage the people that design things. Right. Yeah, at maximum, I have an account so I can like app my credit card or something. Exactly, exactly. And so, and, and also, if you're if you're selling something at a five figure price point, people don't like. If I'm buying an IDE or if I'm buying a if I'm buying a seat to Figma, why does it cost ten thousand dollars? Like it doesn't make sense, you know. But if I'm buying a license to a platform that lets me build make mockups. Maybe the platform costs that, but I get like a hundred seats or something like that, or unlimited seats. So like that makes sense. But but the, the customers we're targeting, they don't build things, and they also don't want to buy. They don't want to buy, the building of things. 
They want to buy a platform that lets people build things. And so that's what we're going to sell people. And I think that actually lines up with this pricing change as well, which is I don't want to be charged for the number of mock-ups my team makes. I don't know how many mock-ups they're going to make. Like, I just want to pay you so that my team can make as many mock-ups as we want. And we're like, oh, gosh, yeah. Like, that all makes sense. And so it's like, hey, time out. Could we have a chance to go back and revise this? Because, like, you're making a lot of sense right now. But for some reason, we, we never thought of it that way until you just said that. And... I don't know. It's really exciting though, because as a salesperson, once that all gets aligned, once that's like clean and aligned, like sales just becomes so much easier, right? Because then there's not that like anxiety around like, okay, I get it. Like you're going to charge me based on the number of like websites that my team designs. Let me think about that. And then like, they, they don't know how to get back to you and tell you like, I guess we're going to design five websites this year. So we need a five website Figma subscription. (laughs) <laughs> and then Figma's like, okay, here's the price for five website designs. It just doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. And and I think this is what's so crazy. And this is a good place to finish. Is like product market fit, man. There's like so much to it that has nothing to do with the product. And it's not even just finding the market. It's like you, you we found this market, and now the market's basically giving us all of this really blunt, but fair feedback on like the friction that we have created because our h1 is wrong our pricing page was wrong our pricing model was wrong (laughs) like all this stuff and the product has not i gotta be very honest like this is going to come out later so i have nothing to lose like i mean actually i'll put it in positive a product is way ahead of the market right so the product i was about to say the product hasn't changed much that makes it sound bad, but like that's okay because the product was way ahead, right? So of course the product hasn't changed. It hasn't needed to change much. What's needed to change is the packaging, the positioning, and the pricing of the product so that the people who buy can pay what they want to pay, can pay what we want them to pay, and can buy what they want to buy. But it's all about how we choose to describe it and how we choose to charged for it at this point like the product peter's not doing core product development i haven't done any core product development in a while i mean that's not true he's done hubspot integration but like hubspot integration is a little bit more on the outside (laughs) edges yeah it's more of a positioning and outside edges of the product than like the core product capabilities and man there's just so much that comes after getting the product right getting the product right and knowing who you're selling it to and then everything i just said is like still being refined and figured out after that it's kind of incredible it <laughs> it's it's kind of incredible um but yeah man that's that's the new format transparent matte version of how it's going that felt really good to talk about yeah compared to normal it's, uh, it's and it's fascinating <laughs> to hear about i think uh i feel good that we'll release the summit part of this <laughs> we'll see we'll see <laughs> we'll see about the reform part How's it going over there, man? Uh, in the name of transparency, mm. I uh, honestly, I'm in a bit of a funk today and yesterday, just like mm. kind of like demotivated. And I think I remember you saying in the fall that like at some point you were like, I feel like I don't have any ideas left. And it's mm. like scary. It's like yeah. this like existential dread. Like 
what am I even doing here, you know? And yeah. it just feels bad. Um, but at the same time, like, it really depends on what day you catch me on. Like, I'm on this mm. crazy roller coaster right now. Um, so maybe I'll just, like, kind of, like, chronologically go over what happened in the yeah. past week since we recorded last time. Yep. Because on Wednesday, Wednesday was my last, like, real day of work last week because I was headed up to our cabin on Thursday. Thursday and Friday all by myself to um, do some... DIY stuff. I was putting up some walls and nice. it's like it's like the thing you do, you know, when you have another kid, like you gotta put up an, some walls and like <laughs> add an extra bedroom. <laughs> I love that. Wait, wait, wait. So you can basically it's like having a hard drive and you're like, okay, it's still five gigs, but if we partition it one more time, you know, then, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> then there's more space. <laughs> yeah, it's better right. to be one of the first kids, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's in some whole, sense. whole commentary on that, but yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so I was kind of like thrilled to be going to the cabin on my own and like just like mm. doing stuff with my hands. And um, so on Wednesday was kind of my last day of work and I was working on the, well, I had to kind of build out the whole like reform for sales landing page that I think I was talking about on our last like live episode, if you want to say that way. And um and you had like pushed me to make it the homepage. And on Wednesday, I was like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe I'll just do it. You know, mm. I don't have any better ideas right now. And it is, it, it looked, it looked better than our current homepage because I kind of like updated the design as well. So it's like, you know, to heck, like maybe I'll just like go ahead and do this. So I, I added a, I kind of I took the index.html file and I changed it to classic.html mm. and I added a link that said like are you looking for the classic uh, or the the reform classic form builder or something like that and um and then I made the sales one the index.html so the the homepage and then like after I did that I was kind of like mentally exhausted because it felt like a big thing you know how like so, like when you do stuff like that, you kind of just have one thing you can do every day because it's like, I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> it just yeah. like felt kind of crazy almost. So I went for an hour long walk in the forest afterwards. I was <laughs> I was telling you about it kind of like live and I was talking to Michelle um, from Geocodio as well. And she was like, you know, trying to like hype me or like uh, psych me up that I was doing this. And that's like, okay, I did it. I'll go for a walk. And I came back for the uh, for my walk after an hour and like what looked like the perfect lead signed up. And I was like, you know, this this is like a B2B SaaS kind of situation. And they were looking for like a lead form that connected with their CRM. And I'm like, like I I, I couldn't believe it almost because it's like <laughs> it's been an hour. And <laughs> And I was like, what if these people have just been here the whole time, but it just hasn't resonated with them? Mm. It wasn't as good as I thought. I mean, it was it was a good lead, I think. I haven't talk, talked to them yet. Um, but sort of at the same time, like those days, um, I was going back and forth with the people at close. And and so they, they had basically sent this lead. So it was basically coming via the close partnership. But at least it was resonating enough that he put in his email so, I mean, I still felt good about it. 
And um, and then I think that day, Close also sent this to all their partners, which is basically the people that are affiliates for Close, mm-hmm. which is, um, from what I've been able to tell so far, is like, like consultant kind of deals, like business consultants and stuff like that, where they get mm-hmm. a fee if they onboard people to, to Close. And um, so we got a like a, a solid handful of signups from that as well. Mm-hmm. So I think heading into the weekend, I had like seven or eight signups. Um, so I messaged the or emailed these people, and my goal was to try to get on a call with as many of them as possible, um, just to do some customer development, almost more so than sales, almost. Mm-hmm. And in the end, or until like so far, I've only managed to get three or two of them, I think, booked on a call. Mm-hmm. And um, but I, I still need to follow up with with the people um, that I haven't booked yet. And there, I got it with like one or two leads today as well that I think I'm gonna try to see if I can get on a call. So, um, yeah, that was basically where it ended last week. And then yesterday, I had the first call uh, with one of the leads from Close. And it was really disappointing. <laughs> it was mm. someone. Um, so they were, they were basically looking to like save money be- uh, and, and they wanted something. Originally, what they said was that they wanted to get rid of Sapir because uh, it was annoying. But what it came down to was that they wanted something that was basically cheaper than paying for Sapir and a, a form solution. And hmm. the new version of Reform that we're trying to pitch is not cheaper than that. It's not a lot more, like it's not much more expensive, but yeah, they seem very price sensitive. And hmm. that's the only call I've had so far. And uh, it wasn't like super exciting. I have another one tomorrow, which mm-hmm. the, with, with a lead that I think looks much better. So I'm like more excited about that call. But um, I think why I'm like in a bit of a funk these days is that I, and I I should like, I should have known this and I probably did, but like this, like having a partnership with close, for example, is not like, is again, it's not a silver bullet, you know? And I should Repeating have known fee. that. Yeah. But um, the problem is being an entrepreneur is like you can't just be a pessimist all the time. You have to be like pretty optimistic to kind of like mm. find the energy to do like yet another push. So yeah. it just comes with the territory that then, you know, if you kind of psych yourself up about something and then it doesn't really like, you know, change things or anything like that. Um mm-hmm kind of like um you pay the price or not pay the price but like it's just like equally like not an awesome feeling yeah and um yeah i think that's sort of where i am right now it's just like um the 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 thought that i've had like yesterday and today is the same that i've had for a while that is like um it doesn't feel like I have a good vision right now that I'm excited about for reform. 
it felt like the sales stuff could potentially be that. And I think it still could, you know, I still need to talk to more people. I just had one call with like a bad lead Mm -hmm. (laughs) and that's just how it goes, you know? Um, yeah, I have some, I have more stuff than this, but I'll, I'll pause and just like, kind of say that that's kind of, that's the chronological, uh, sequence of events in the last, in the past week. Yeah. Where I am right now. I think I sound really depressed. It's not that bad. (laughs) Do you know, well, it sounds like you know who you're like dream customer is yeah like your ideal customer or no you know enterprise like b2b SaaS company Mm -hmm. um that wants to create some sort of like form uh set up with a like maybe a scheduling link and it hooks into their crm and they want it to look good and um which is like pretty common i think and they don't want it to be like a you know eight hundred dollar like chili piper whatever our update our update of our uh pricing page goes to reform our talk to sales button yeah yeah you're a good use case right now (laughs) exactly exactly but i'm only paying 25 or something i think 25 bucks a month for some reason yeah how can you get me to pay more money Yeah, I mean, I kind of thought about that today that I wanted to talk to you about like how Reform is working for you because we're selling a lot of sales features that we don't have yet, but we also do have some of them. Like we do have the close integration, we do have the routing. Yeah, I kind of wanted to do like, like <laughs> doing customer development in you is like probably the easiest one, you know, to talk to of any anyone using this right now. Um Yeah, it's kind of interesting how we don't have the close integration turned on, even though I use close and I'm using it for sales because we don't want, we actually, so so the way we have it set up is we are able to send certain folks based on their responses to a page that says more or less, hey, you're not interested in what we're selling but you're interested in the platform anyway do you want to just get a login and kick the tires like that's an option that we give people that were that are not qualified that are not sales qualified sales qualified folks get sent to a page that says here's my here's the savvy cow link to book a call um the savvy cow currently links to leads but i would rather have you do that once they reach that page once they submit the form and they do like because what if they don't book a call what if they only get to that last part but they don't book a call but they are sales qualified i want that to be in close even though savvy cal doesn't know about them yet or if they get to the savvy cal page and they don't like it and it doesn't work like I, i want that to log in and close higher up in the flow because there's risk the farther you go that you lose them. <clears throat> so will that work? Like if I if I do this, I don't want both Savvy Cal and, Clo- and Reform to put it into close. I don't think they would clash. 
No, they wouldn't clash, I think. Um, but yeah, it's funny because I talked to Nick from Close about the same thing because he said right now uh, Savical creates the lead, but once um, once they switched that to reform, they wanted a reform to create the lead. Yeah. It yeah. is more logical, basically. Yeah, that would be nice. And that way, in case they don't book on Savical or they can't find a time that works with them, I still capture them. Yeah. So the way I get to pay, get you to pay more is to make the, the close integration expensive. And better? Like, if I, <laughs> if I add it right now, what will it do? All it's Anybody gonna, who completes the form, regardless of where they go, will get added to close or only certain outcomes? Yeah, anyone who finishes the form right now. Um, but it would be nice if it was kind of tied into the logic we have. Yeah, like I only want sales qualified leads to go into close. Ideally, yeah, that's a good point. I think we could find a way to do that. I mean, yeah, I would be paying fifty bucks a month or something if this. If I were in, if I integrate with close, like I should be paying you more money. Yeah, and I'd be happy to. Yeah, uh, that's a good in, point. If like if I had the logic, if I had, if when I was talking to Ryan, I had said, yeah, they have a close integration. The moment after he went like, awesome. If I had said, yeah, I think we might need to upgrade to the sales version of Reform. It would have been like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you would have, you know, now I'm a market, I'm one person, but like, that's valuable. So <clears throat> I, I'm happy to pay a pittance for the generic form builder, but the close integration is worth it's worth more money to me, especially if I can tie it to the outcomes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I um, Yeah. I, uh, so basically, like, I've been um, thinking a lot, as I sometimes do, <laughs> about what to do. And because um, I'm normally, I normally don't allow myself to be in a funk for a very long time. So I typically find something to be excited about, but I'm mm-hmm. not... I haven't completely settled on a path forward yet, but kind of like the three options I see right now is one, um, double down on the sales stuff, even though it's not really necessarily like super validated yet. Um, but actually just like go all in on delivering those features and believe that it's the way forward and, and try really hard to get users for it. Um, the other thing is, um, this is, yeah, I don't know. Like in a sense, this is what I'm most tempted to do, but I am not, con- even though I'm not even convinced that it's like the smartest thing to do, but my original plan f- basically this year was to redo the website because it's, it's kind of bad right now and like making the sales page, like just like slightly updating the design design made me realize how bad actually I think the old one is and how easily you can make it better. Mm. And, and then I had this kind of like mapped out this, uh, skeleton basically of the, or mind it was a mind map of the, of the website, how I wanted it to be. And, and kind of have like different sections for different use cases, like one for sales, one for applications, one for product management or whatever, like the kind of like the, the different things that people, uh, use reform for and just like for each of them like really explain the features we have that are good for that like 
One example is Reform has a, a, a feature that allows you to pause your applic- like your form. I almost said application because that's what it's good for. And get an email with a link to like continue filling out the form, which is like a really nice feature if you're doing like an application. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really say that anywhere on the website right now. But it should have a pay- if we want to sell it to people that do applications, there should be a page for applications, and that feature should be like front and center because it's the most important one for that use case. And then just like execute better is kind of the the headline for that um, that path. The the kind of third option is uh, more like product. Um, related which is kind of i teased that today um it kind of started because i thought like reform maybe reform should just have its own crm is something i thought about for a while because it people have like lightweight crm use cases and they need a crm and they need reform to integrate with it but if they all they need is just like you know some leads and, and a kanban and you know some st- sort of status um it could just kind of be in reform and then what i thought about today it's like, what if reform, what if you could create views basically for your responses in reform that was more like a data, a de- like a database in, in Notion with like a table view that's like really flexible filtering, um, like a Kanban, stuff like that, or Airtable, I think is kind of the same idea. Then th- that would be like doubling down on the horizontal nature that we have right now and just make it really awesome, like even more awesome as like a horizontal tool for just like, so it's based, then it would just basically be like an, like Airtable, but this one had forms before it had the tables, whereas Airtable has had the the tables first and now they have forms. Um, Yeah, I think the last path that I described is like the worst one. Did that make sense? It does. Path one, sales. Path two, just like sell the stuff we have already better and have like a better onboarding flow and stuff. And path three, like double down on being horizontal tool. I, I, I'm i still like this. I mean, actually, like do any of them excite you? Are you more excited about <laughs> any of them than, other, than others? Um... Uh, it's hard to say. Like, like I want to say so that, this. That's I don't a no. Know, like, it sounds like true. The short no, version is like, no. If it- <laughs> no, but like the th- the 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 one that excites me most is like the sales one because the thing that excites me about it is that I can kind of explain what it is. But for the same reason, like the the path two of like just like executing better excites me because it's um, it's not monumental. Like it's. It doesn't require a lot of like changes to the product. The sales stuff does. Um, and the third one is like a new product, basically, almost. Um, the one thing that I is like that, like, kind of like tampers my excitement right now is just like, uh, like working in the product right now is like, um, overwhelming to me. Mm-hmm. it's like a big code base and a lot of it is react that i don't really know and like even mm-hmm. the even the php stuff it's like reform has gotten really complicated 
because with all the logic and so it's like sounds simple with forms, but uh, you know, you have something for two years that just like keeps like breaking in all sorts of weird way, weird ways, and you patch mm-hmm. it up, and it gets really complicated in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm most excited about the sales stuff, but it just feels. It doesn't feel like I have like. I guess like maybe like another way to say like why I'm not like super pumped about it right now is because I hoped that I would get more of a product market fit feeling by going by doing the homepage change. That makes sense. And Mm -hmm. it's I know it's still like too early to say because I've had one call, but it's still like just kind of how I feel. Hmm. Seems like you have a marketing problem. <laughs> like the changes that it would take for me to spend 50 bucks a month on reform are, I'm not gonna, I don't know what your level of effort is, but it, I wouldn't be asking a lot at the same time. How, how do you know how to find other Matt Wensings out there and yeah, solve their problems? I, I don't know. Like that's a customer acquisition challenge. Yeah. Right. And like stuff like the close partnership was one way yeah but then closes customers might be a bad fit because they're they're looking for a really cheap thing you know um yeah the only thing about it is like close is one of the few integration or the few few crms that actually don't really have a form integration with someone else mm -hmm. whereas like with hubspot it's just tough because you just get one included Mm -hmm. it might not be awesome but it's there, you know? Hmm. Well, um, but that's actually a great point. Like, what if it, what if that, <laughs> so there's this tool we started using that does like, makes CRM integrations really easy. Yeah. Uh, it's an adapter layer. And I think it's like, I don't know, it's some number of dollars per month for people to use it or for you to turn it on for them. But yeah. like, what if you did treat the fact that HubSpot has that as like validation that there's people that use that feature and you can just say this is so much better, and it's, you know, it's not. Yeah, even Daniel from Eros really wants me to do like a, a better form builder for HubSpot. He's kind of bullish on that. I mean, that's worth exploring because what I'm what I'm saying is, yeah, you, you might pay you have to do the HubSpot integration part, but yeah, if it sucks. People but yeah, then I like. But sucks. then when I talked to him about it, I did like. I just like found a lot of random people in, on LinkedIn and stuff that were HubSpot consultants and stuff. Mm-hmm. And they were all just like, yeah, the Forms product is it's not great, but it's fine, you know? And it kind of, mm-hmm. it's nice because it works well with HubSpot and it's there. So I didn't really like find, like, except Daniel, like I didn't really find anyone else who was like, oh yeah, please, like, please build a better one, which is kind of what I want, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, you have one person whose job it is to like promote, sell, and implement HubSpot. Another person whose job it is to like want the best form builder they can get for what they yeah. need. That is, <clears> you know, they're coming from different incentives. Yeah. Hmm. Someone like a listener of the podcast sent me a link to something called Perspective, which is perspective.co, and they call it funnels, but it's basically forms. And their headline is create highly converting mobile funnels in just 60 minutes. 
and basically it's a way um basically it's a way to like if you run an ad or something like that or like on social media you could instead of like you basically build build instead of linking to your website you could link to one of these funnels as they call them it's sort of like a click funnels or something like that mm. optimized for mobile and apparently they were doing really well and it's interesting because it is forms but they call it they found a something uh, that people probably value more than the word form to describe mm, the mm-hmm. product. Yep. Um, and that's why you sent it to me, not because we should do that, just to say like, maybe you need to call it something. Maybe you need to find a better word for it. Yes. So that's another thing to think about. I think it is. It's just positioning, man. Like... Finding people like Daniel is is different than talking to HubSpot consultants, which is different than, you know, talking to Matt. I mean, I think you're in a... It doesn't matter. I, I don't think it matters. And then I actually have to run. It doesn't matter which... Not to have the last word either. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think it matters which variation of forms you do. Ultimately, you have a customer acquisition challenge with this business. That's the biggest challenge. I know you said product is daunting. But I would like want to move on to the customer acquisition challenge as quickly as possible. Build as little product as necessary and focus on that, which to me says sales, you know. Yeah. But to me, that also says like the... Mm-hmm. The the one where where like we have like three th- sections of the site, one for applications, one for sales, one like to like I don't know. We have like different places to send people based on who they are and see if it resonates with them. Or are you I saying mean, it feels no, like, just yeah. pick one and go hard? If you're after trying to it? do that, then you're still trying to learn where to focus, you know. Those are different Markets. Yeah, I think I am. Yeah, I like Unless sales. I just decide to pick. So many companies sales. have sales, but yeah, you it's know, true. Because you'll do the applications thing, and you'll find out that oh, it's only people who do these kinds of applications, and if this, and if that, and if the other thing. Yeah. So you start know. like hit up people. Go to their websites and see what their lead capture forms look like and do. And uh, yeah, do a and bunch do of the Nathan, Nathan Barry, email them. Hmm. Oh, true. True. I have to run to my daughter's school, pick her up for something. But um, yeah, I have to run to my son's enjoy bedroom the time. because my wife is crying for help. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you again next week and we won't worry about editing this for now. (laughs) Yeah, amazing. (laughs) All right, see you, buddy.